It's what happened in 56. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What's happening right now is that we should <laughs> celebrate that wonderful year oh. with a toast. All right. Clink. Lift. Here's to all you. Here's to all you elders. Oh. Oh, man, that's a good one, man. It's a good. That's a, that's a, okay, Damascus. Man, are we getting to where we can almost say we don't have to be in Damascus or we can stay in Damascus? We haven't done a whole show in Damascus yet, but it's kind of out of date. <laughs> oh, it's a little it's just a, it's a little slow today. We're feeling slow. We've had a long week. It's great to have you with us, everybody. Yes. Who's in the room? Who's in the today? room? Tell us. And uh, we skipped a bunch of your requests this week because I wanted to do a hard theme, which means sticking to it. Bruce isn't too happy about it. I had it. all kinds of songs planned, and then Mike told me, nope, it's all songs from 1956 when I was in junior high school. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that because that's a lie. That's a dirty, rotten lie. <laughs> I know. You were in high Actually, I was when in, he got his first car. I got my first car. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be pushing up daisies right about now if that was the case. So what's so what 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 really happened in '56? Well, it was notable. A, I mean, it, it music exploded. Okay, it went from being your mom and pop sort of hit parade to rock and roll. Uh, there was all kinds of crazy things happening, and I went and looked at all the number one songs and uh, everything from movie themes to cowboy songs to Elvis. Chuck Berry, you know, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets, Little Willie John, you know, just all kinds of cool stuff. But it was the first year I, I became cognizant of as, like, when I was 11 or 12, I decided that that was my favorite year in music and I was going to really get into it. That's kind of kind of why I picked this, because I wanted to think about why, why I became so obsessed with it. And uh, so we're going to do a bunch of tunes that... So, so 1956, the year that Mike became obsessed with music. No, I became obsessed with that year in 1966. Oh, okay. Ten years oh, after. Oh, oh, it was, it was, the, yeah, year, it was, it was the year you chose yeah. to be the source of your obsession at, ten years later. Yeah, when I was 11. Or, All right. Yeah, I, at some point, you know how when you're, you're 11, I, I mean, every kid gets to that point somewhere. I think when I was around 11, I started becoming conscious of... 
who I was, you know. Oh, okay. You know, when you start taking, making your own decisions and what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. And that's usually when the conflict with your parents starts. If your parents don't like the direction you're going in, I definitely, that started to happen because I was getting my own mind about things. Well, it's interesting you picked the music that was from 10 years before you as opposed to the music that was that year of your decision. Well, I was all into the music of that year. Like in, what, in 66, the Beatles put Revolver out. I mean, there was a lot of great music that was that year, but I did become obsessed with 10 years. You were, you were Yeah, you were kind of a, like early rock and roll straight yeah. kind of dude yeah but it wasn't just rock and roll i was listening to like perry como i was listening to like all kinds of weird things you know coming into my own little bit because perry was... como was definitely weird yeah well he was asleep most of his career <laughs> <laughs> all right well so we're gonna do all a right. tune one of my favorite elvis tunes via carl perkins who wrote it and performed it and had the big number one hit and played it on ed sullivan and then he got in a car wreck and it derailed his whole career. But up to that point, he had this great tune. Now we're going to do this weird intro. Intro, that, yeah. It's, it's not a, the one. That the Elvis I, one oh, just yeah. takes off and just goes. You know, it's right. a kind of a. We're going to do this kind of stall intro, right? Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, the three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, but don't you. Face, slander my name all over the place. Do anything that you want to do. But I'm on honey, lay off the damn shoes, but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. You can do anything, but lay off of them blue suede shoes. Go, cat.
man. That's I a way that. to kick off 56, buddy. I love that, man. That was a hit, man. That was number one, numero uno. All right. And here's another one that uh, I believe went to number one by Chuck Berry. This one fascinated me as a kid because it was about an airmobile. And I, I thought, did this, this really exist? A car with wings? A car that can just, you're driving, all of a sudden you decide you just want to take off and you just go, man. Wow. He, check these lyrics because he paints that picture and it's like, I'm just believing the whole thing, you know. Let's say. messed that up what a song man that's a song i've never played it yeah i i, I haven't i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of song story it's there. a lot of story you know, yeah lot of story. i'm trying to keep up there and i'm going i can't even see these he's words. talking about fuel consumption and everything man this guy's like he serious was, he was definitely in it man yeah he was thinking 
He had a lot of really, really detailed. I think that's part of what made me like fall for it as a kid. I'd listen to this and I'd go, it's I like, mean, this is serious. This is serious ser- business. Yeah, he's saying he's. It's like he's. He knows what he's talking about, and I picture the whole thing. This ain't some hot rod, man. This is a technical unit he's describing. Well, I, I, I started to think. You know, I was just a kid. I'm going. Did they just exist? And then they outlawed him. You know, I said this wouldn't be very good. The cops couldn't catch you. Oh, that was the whole point. You can't <laughs> catch me. The cops couldn't catch yeah, it's you. It's a great one. Oh, cop, cop couldn't catch mm, you. Cops, cops couldn't catch you. Cops couldn't catch us. Cop caught us. <laughs> well. Well, let's do one of the most important records in 1956. This was the breakthrough of Elvis Presley. He'd had some regional success in Memphis and other southern towns on radio, touring around, but RCA Victor bought his contract from Sun Records, Sam Phillips, and... Uh, he recorded this tune, and it sounds like he was yelling from the bottom of a stairwell. And uh, I remember when I first heard it, I went, what is wrong with that? Is he singing in a in like a... It literally sounded like he was in a shower or something. I don't think I've ever heard anything sound like that before or since. It's really weird. But it went to number one. And it's kind of got a jazzy, bluesy feel to it. It doesn't really sound like a rock song. I'm not sure what it sounds like. It sounds like a torch song. It sounds like a strip... Something you'd hear in a strip joint back then, I think, you know? It's sleazy. It's got a creepy sound to it. Now, I don't know if we'll get that, but we could try. Well, since my baby left, well, I find a new place to dwell. Well, it's down the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel. Well, I'll be, I'll be so lonely, baby. I'll be so lonely. I'll be so lonely. I could die. Whoa, though it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken-hearted lovers to cry in gloom. Be so, be so lonely, baby. Be so lonely. They're so lonely, they could die. Now the bear hops, tears keep flowing. Clerks dressed in black Well, they've been so long Down the only street That they'll be back So, so lonely, baby Well, they're so lonely Well, they're so lonely They could die Well, now, if your baby leaves You got a tale to tell Just take a walk Down the only street Heartbreak Will I be so lonely, baby? They're so lonely, they're so lonely. You could die. Yeah.
Now that's another weird ending that they did. Yeah. It's really strange, man. Anyway. All right. Yeah, got through it. I don't think I've ever played that one either. I've probably heard that thousands of times. That's what I love about this show. I'm getting to play all these songs that that I've heard a million times and just never tackle them, you know? I don't know why not. Why wouldn't I do it? I guess you'd have to be in a... If we had been playing in a club, you know, week after week or night after night for years, eventually you're going to do all these songs. So here we are doing one show a week and eventually doing all these songs. <laughs> I think we should feature Mr. Spencer now. Oh. This song has a long, interesting history. Uh, it was a number one in 1956 by Little Willie John. We just listened to it earlier. Uh, quite a great R&B classic bluesy thing, you know, almost like late post-big band. And then uh, Peggy Lee recorded it with this sultry, torchy thing with the walking bass line. Elvis did it, which that was the first time I actually paid attention to it but it's been recorded by gosh tons of people but little willies has got a unique take on it it is so i'd like to at some point it'd be great to go back and grab that but we're gonna let bruce try his hand at this wonderful lyric and maybe i'll jump in at some point i think i'm gonna have to put my glasses on for this one did we what was the key now? Did, did I decide to play it in the lower? Yeah, and then I think then then the yeah. So I'm gonna go down a step, and then so when we get to that modulation, do just a little bit of a solo on there. Not a solo, but like a couple of fills. So I'll have time to put my cable on. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see this. <clears throat> a little bit, a little bit slower. Okay. One, two, three. Such a new thing. 
fever started long ago. Romeo loved Juliet. Juliet, she felt the same. When he put his arms around her, said, Julie, baby, you're my flame. Thou give us fever, yeah. When we're kissing, fever with our flaming youth, yeah. Fever, I'm on fire. Fever, yeah, I burn for soothing. Smith and Pocahontas had a merry mad affair. mad affair. When her daddy tried to kill him, she said, Daddy, oh, don't you dare. He gave me fever with his kisses, fever when he holds me tight. Fever, I'm his missus. Daddy, won't you treat him right? So now you've listened to my story. Here's the point that I have made. Cats were born to give chicks fever. Be it Fahrenheit or centigrade, they give you fever. When we kiss you, fever if you live and learn. Fever, till you sizzle, but what a lovely way to burn. What a lovely way to burn. What a lovely way to burn. Couple more. Yeah. What a lovely way to burn, yeah. What a Man, I almost thought we I was waiting for the kazoo to break out there. <laughs> don't don't get him in that. Don't make him start thinking about that. Oh man. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, is... I can't help it. I I I think it's gonna happen. I've begun to I don't you know, know when, when it's gonna happen, but I think it's gonna happen. When I'm in the studio working on things, all of a sudden I I now start to consider you know, what would the kazoo be doing right about now in this song? <laughs> that's not good. Said no one ever. Said, I'm saying that that's my thing. I have to say, man, this this show you has brought a, me a new new appreciation of the kazoo, my friend. This show has a very different mood. Um, it's a quiet. It's quiet. We, we we began by actually a discussion, which is really uncommon. Yeah. For us. Well, I mean, it makes me think of a lot of things. Well, hey, hey Mike, could we for a moment there? We could could we take this show more like an NPR broadcast? <laughs> You well, know, you know, Mike. Okay, okay, let's do it. Um, Mike. Well, now, this next song, Bruce, uh, I chose for several reasons. One is it's a number one song from 1956 by Dean Martin, because most people think of Dean Martin from his television show in the 60s and 70s, and you know, yeah. he just owned it. Or they think of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis as this from the summit. Yeah, the 
crazy, or they think of Dean Martin as the part of the Rat Pack with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. But uh, a forgotten era of his was the early 50s when he created a style and sound with all these hit songs that Elvis Presley definitely paid attention to. And at some point I realized that, well, I read that Dean Martin was his idol. He knew every single song. And I go, he sounds like him. That's where he got that sound. Elvis copied Dean Martin. He totally did. He was a complete mimic. And it's like, wow. I don't think the kids that were listening to him were conscious of that because their parents listened to Dean. And maybe they might have heard this song we're about to do on the radio. But until you realize that, you don't you think of Elvis doing the hope the hope the burn, you know. And then I you listen to Dean and I'm going, he just took a hundred percent of it. Dean was dope he was man he was a cool cat he remained cool his whole yeah his he whole thing he, cool. he he sang wonderfully with uh with sinatra oh, and, you know and, and no he had group, a great man. voice he was, great. he was a great actor yeah, he, was, he was excellent he was funny one of the great he was yeah. one of the good guys but i think uh, and i think he played up the drinking thing for all this yeah he played it up yeah. i'm sure he drank but not like that sinatra yeah. was the drunk but yeah. he didn't have the reputation for it well, so, so show 56, notable for discovering that Elvis yeah. completely ripped off completely Dean Martin. ripped off. And so we're going awesome. to do this number one hit by Dean, and we will demonstrate a little bit of that. And we okay? can prove it. We Look. can prove it to you. All right, here we go. All right, go. remember your part? Yeah. Mike's about to... Oh. You start. Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave to me. You can't beat the memories you oh, gave step in, won't you? Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave them. You can't beat the memories you gave them. Day one, fresh and tender kiss. Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave them. At one stolen night of bliss. You can't beat the memories you gave them. One girl, one boy, some green. Memories are made of it Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave them Don't forget a small moonbeam Can't be the memories you gave them Falling lightly with a dream Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave them Your lips and mine Two sips of wine Memories are made of it. Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave. Here we go. Then at the wedding bell, one house where lovers dwell, three little kids for flavor. Steer carefully through the days, see how the flavor stays. Made of this, sweet, sweet, 
That's cool, man. That's a great one. Consider for your approval or for your consideration, proof. Proof. Proof positive. Proof and positive. You know, and you know Bob Marley did not invent Jamaica. Before there was Bob Marley, there was Harry Belafonte, who was having Calypso hits in the 1950s and got to number one with this song about Jamaica. Down the way where the nights are gay And the sun shines daily on the mountain top I took a trip on a sailing ship And when I reached Jamaica I made a stop But I'm sad to say I'm on my way Won't be back for many my heart is down, my head is turning around I have to leave a little girl in Kingston town Take it mm. Sounds of laughter everywhere And the dancing girls sway to and fro I must declare my heart is there Though I've been from Maine to Mexico I'm on my way Won't be back for many a day My heart is down, down And I'm turning around I have to leave a little girl in Kingston town question that um oh mike i had a question that went through my oh, mind um, okay. and i oh. and i <sighs> it slipped my mind so i, I want to go ahead and go back to one of the earlier songs i think we need to bring in steve Jarnot. i think this was one of the songs that chuck berry sang okay. and it had something to do with flat top and i was yes. wondering if that here come old here I, come old flat i top, think what, was that was that a lift that the 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 Beatles did yes um, for that's for a the long, come together track. long story 
Yes. Well, tell him that one, please. Well, John Lennon was a big Chuck Berry fan. He obviously heard and loved You Can't Catch Me, which we sang earlier, and uh, decided to nick in the uh, British vernacular. He nicked the opening line, Here come old flat top, except he said, He come grooving up slowly. Whereas Chuck's line was, Here come old flat top. Well, it's right here somewhere. Um, yeah, it's similar. It's, I don't know. Yeah, because it was, yeah. He's, he just, he changed was it, it a cruising little bit. or something like that? Yeah, or? something like he came up cruising slowly or something. Yeah. All right, so uh, several my, years went by. Um, eventually, Chuck heard it or found out about it or someone told him. So now there's going to be a big lawsuit. And uh, they settled it by Chuck insisting. He didn't ask for money. He insisted that John record four Chuck Berry tunes because John was going to do this album called Rock and Roll, a bunch of oldies. He and Phil Spector were, this is when John had gone off the deep end and was left Yoko for a while and was just drinking constantly and hanging out with. Weekend. Yeah, the what'd you call it? Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend. Yeah, for two years he was away from Yoko, went to Hollywood and just became a complete nightmare. But he recorded this album... And he did four Chuck Berry tunes, including You Can't Catch Me. Now, our first album on uh, Ping Pong Over the Abyss, Stephen Souls produced it, right? And Stephen, I got him to talk because he knew everyone in showbiz. You know, he'd played with Dylan, so he was privy to a lot of stuff. He lived in New York for a long time. So he brought up the sessions. He says, I went to one of those sessions. And I said, what? He says, yeah, I got in on, I don't know how... I don't remember how he got invited, but he got in on one of these sessions with Phil Spector and John Lennon and wow. Jim Keltner was there and all these people, right? And he went with a friend and he, they were so excited because they're going to meet a Beatle and, you know, Phil Spector. I mean, legendary guys that they idolize, right? And they get there and they said the atmosphere was so dark. there was They were so drunk and so far gone that... Um, I think at some point someone poured coffee or beer or something in the faders, you know, like they oh. were doing stuff like that. And Steve, Stephen Souls told me he was afraid and that they left. Like they didn't stay. They, it was like it was so horrifying that they just left, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, you know. But, I mean, none of that surprises me. It's upsetting. But it's not surprising. But so did they ever release? Um, did, did John ever make well, good on, on well, releasing that material Well, for here, Chuck, the best what? part of the story is that at the end, when it was all mixed, Phil Spector absconded with the tapes and went dark. Like went, you know, just completely went off the grid so that John couldn't, you know, the record company's freaking out. Capital EMI, they're going, where's the record? Where's the, well, we mixed it. To, if Phil's got the tapes, he must be working on them, right? In Hollywood or something. But they, they don't know where Phil is, and he won't give it up. Eventually, <laughs> a bootleg surfaces. You know, John Lennon, the hits of rock and roll. And it's this, like, do you remember this, Chris? This crappy record starts showing up in department stores and stuff with this bad picture of Lennon, like, you know, photocopied and, and like they're selling this stuff and it I mean Lennon must have been just beside himself, like, you know. Eventually Phil was found. He gave up the tapes. They put out the original. It was the album was terrible. In my opinion it was terrible. So did, so that was what Chuck yeah. negotiated. Well, that sure, was what because he ended he, up with. Yeah, because he knew that 
it would sell a lot. Gosh, He'd you don't think he could? He, but he didn't. He he wouldn't have done better getting just a little taste of come together. I don't think. I don't. Well, first of all, did the Beatles even own their songs at that point? There was some weird thing where they didn't have complete control over their publishing for the majority. They had to sue to get it back, so it wasn't completely in Lennon's hands. Well, then didn't didn't Paul McCartney or no Michael? Wait well, a then yeah, Paul because he sued Michael Jackson. Well, who, Michael Jackson bought, bought outbid him for the songs because Paul songs. didn't own them, and then yeah. now Michael had them. And all Paul wanted back was what? Yesterday and Michelle and some of those. And Michael just flat out would not, you know, he, I think he just loved the power trip of being able to say, I've got this and you can't. Well, it was an it. asset. It was, oh, yeah. it was, a, it was a number. It's just funny now. You see all these guys selling all their catalogs off in their old age wow. for their kids and grandkids and, you know. Gee, I wish I could, I wish I had a catalog like that. You know, you could just, Dylan did it. I mean, imagine Bob Dylan selling his entire, you know, you know, out of all of them, that one's going to be one of the most valuable in perpetuity for as long as popular culture survives, you know, that's going to be a moneymaker for someone. Yeah, I watched a Rick Beato YouTube with him talking about some some Rolling Stone writer or something panned or, you know, kind of regarded Paul Simon as, you know, you know his his selling his stuff as some inconsequential in move or something, yeah. and Beata was just like, "What?" You know, <laughs> you know how well, how Paul Simon's catalog was certainly relevant. You know, brilliant. Well, I just think that once you get to a point where you're done, you know, well, yeah, it's all about giving your your kids and you know whoever you want to give that to. Indeed. Why should he hang on to it? All right. You know. Well, and 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 because of the show, all all that you owe me right now, you are gifting me your entire seventy sevens catalog. Is that right? For my children? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, good. All right, so moving forward from there, <sighs> here's another number one hit, um, a cowboy song. Oddly enough, that mm. became a big hit. Tex Ritter recorded it first, and had a minor sort of country hit with it. And then this woman named Gogi Grant, which we saw a photograph of, and she was beautiful sang it with this very big Hollywood sort of Western production, and it went straight to number one, you know? Cool song. Oh, the wayward wind is a restless wind. A restless wind that yearns to wander and I I spent my younger days And I guess the sound of the outward bound Made me a slave To my wandering ways Oh, the wayward wind Is a restless wind A restless wind that yearns to wander and I was born a next of kin 
Very cool song. It is cool. That has a lot of potential. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones. It's like when I heard it as a kid, I just, I thought, well, you know, that isn't. I've nor- normally listened to that kind of song, and it's just like got in, under my skin. It was like, wow, this sort of dreaming about it and seeing the Wild West and thinking of this guy. You know, why was because it was sung, you know, with from the girl's point of view. It's neat. Uh, Structure wise, it's cool because it's got that last line in the verse that's got the extra. Yes. Well, that that comes from that sounds like almost like a Mexican mariachi change. There you go. And then the. Yes. Yeah, it's playing on a lot of. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, very satisfying chord changes. Well, it got to number one. I, you know. No doubt. If you study these number one songs, you start to realize maybe why they connected with such a wide. Part of the population. I feel compelled to record that song. Oh, I'd love to record it. Yeah, you know we we we've done the hymn show and we've got more stuff like that, but that's not a hymn show qualifier. No. But it's like a it's like the mic or it's the dock on the prairie. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Dock on the prairie. What do you think? Dock on the. <laughs> that's what I'm good for. Doobie doo, shoo doo, doobie doo. The five satins. Here we go. Love will be for the 
Happen there. Oh, oh yes. We're well, all, where are we at there? Oh. I didn't see it. Okay, good. Okay, so we're gonna hit the hymn show right now. Hmm. And we'll, you know, this is one of the oldest. Uh, Thomas A. Dorsey, Afro-American man, writing writing some of the best gospel songs of the early 20th century. This was one of them. Take my hand, precious Lord. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am alone. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on the light take my hand precious Lord lead me home when my precious way Lord, groweth dreary precious Lord, Lord linger when my life is almost gone Hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the darkness appears and the night draws near. And the day is past and gone At the river I stand Guide my feet Hold my hand Take my hand Precious Lord, lead me home Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me home, let me stand, I am tired, I am weak, I am alone, through the storm, 
to the light Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me home Lead me home Yeah, nice one. Beautiful song. Yeah, it's pretty. Very nice. Okay. Okay, we're going to do a similar tune. This is one of my personal favorites. It's called It Is No Secret. The chimes of time ring out the news. Another day is through. Someone slipped and fell. Was that someone you? You may have longed for added strength, your courage to renew. Do not be disheartened, for I have news for you. It is no What God can 
amazing song. It's lovely. Who wrote that song? I don't know. Wow. That's a gorgeous one. I think a guy named Stuart Hamblin, actually. I haven't heard that. I've never heard that song. Really? Yeah. Man, it's really nice. It doesn't get thank heard you. much anymore Th- th- Thank you for that. Sure. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Thank we you. We want to thank you. We want to thank you. Uh, segue. It's time, yes, segue it's time tip to show. It's time segue. for appreciation because we appreciate you. And um, once again, this is, the contract is, we just play and you just enjoy. And if you feel so moved to reach down and support, please do paypal.me slash micro77s. Uh, Venmo is at micro77s. And then snail is... We keep encouraging snail. Is that really happening? Is the postal Yeah, we service? occasionally, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we get some nice checks once in a while. Wow, really? Um, yeah. Shout what out to do? Elwood. Elwood uh, likes to uh, do it that way. He's kind of a, a Luddite. Nice. And, uh, you, you know did, you, did you get the address? Yes. It's 77S LTD. That's what to make the checkout to. 77 hey, is limited. P.O. Box 1441. One. Citrus. As in? The fruit. Huh? Heights. As in? The sky. The sky. The sky. Nice. Clear blue sky. That's what we hope you'll write that check when you're thinking about the amount. CA95611. Well, we know you guys got to go to work a couple days, so this song is for all you hard work a day folks. And I'm, if you're going to work, maybe you're working from home now. You know. Yeah, but but for now, just barbecue, y'all. That's Domino, y'all. Blue Monday, I hate Blue Monday. Got to work like a slave. Here come Tuesday, oh hard Tuesday. I'm so tired, got no time to play. Here come Wednesday, beat to my socks. My gap calls, got to tell that I'm out. Cause Thursday is a hard working day, and Friday I get my pay.
I've never played a Fats Domino song, man. Never. It's like the foundation of rock and roll. That was the first rock and roll record my parents brought home was a Fats Domino album. Wow. And I just You've was never immer- played one. No. Wow. No. I don't understand it. It's like I, I feel like I'm doing the walk of shame every week with this, all this stuff. This this is a show fifty six once again has yeah. revealed. It is. It's just you know micro. No 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 micro. Micro yeah. Um, how does it feel? How does it feel to um? How does it feel? How does it feel to That's to have played got. your first Fats Domino song? Well, I hadn't heard Blue Monday, and that wasn't on that record, but I heard that years later. But still, just to play Fats at all, I mean, those, that music from New Orleans, I mean, that's a real important kind of connection to, because when they interviewed him back then, they said, well, you know, why are you doing this rock and roll? He says, I've been doing this, this we call it Rhythm and Blues, and I've been playing it for 15 years in New Orleans. So to him, it was no different. Right, right. Same with, like, Bo Diddley. Everyone's going, what is this, right? And they're going, we've been playing this music for years. It's just now you're, you got a white boy up there that's become this sex symbol and has drawn everyone in. And Bill Haley also, you know, suddenly white people got it, right? It's like, oh well, okay, now we got Bill some. Sex symbol. Well, I mean, Bill Haley was not. If if we didn't have Elvis, I don't know that rock and roll would have. Uh, it needed something like that. It needed something that was a little exciting, you know. But Elvis was more than that. I mean, he was mixing in gospel music. I mean, people were outraged. They didn't know what to do with him. The kids didn't care. They thought he was great, you know. And now he represents, what, America the same way baseball and Mickey Mouse and all that. Who would have thunk it, you know? But back then, he was the devil. Speaking of, we're going to do a devil show. <laughs> Number 66. We're, we're in 10 shows. In 10 shows. Number sixty six, the 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 uh, devil show. The devil show. <laughs> no, it's not a. The no. show is not. It's not like that. But and you'll know <laughs> when it comes time. No, it's not like that. We're just playing with it, okay? But um, I mean, I think that the thing that we need more representation in the music world and in culture with is the kazoo. <sighs> You're just egging him on. Egging him to do it where it doesn't belong. Okay, well, let's let's just wrap this thing. Hey, look, he, he just ducked out of the room, so quickly, yeah. let's do the song before he comes back with the kazoo. Okay, no, so you ready for, no, no, you ready let's for wait, this? Let's let him get back and get his kazoo ready. What's he doing in there? I don't know. He's, he's shirking. He's not doing his responsibility. He's shirking? He's shirking. I'm shirking. <laughs> shirking every which way, yeah. Cause if that Chris don't come back We won't let him play that kazoo today I'm working Shirking, yeah Hey, uh, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You're gonna get it on this one? Kind of a I'm gonna write a little letter, gonna mail it to my local DJ. It's a rockin' little record, I want my jockey to play. Roll over Beethoven, gotta hear it again today. Cause you know my temperature's rising, the juice block blowing. 